Ladies and gentlemen, sit back, relax, and buckle your seatbelts. It's time for your weekly ride along with the Bikes on Bikes. This is Drive By. Mike J. He is Mike S. We are the Mike's on Mike's. This is a drive-by wrestling podcast. This intro is staying exactly this way. I thought it over, Mike. It's just, it is what it is. It's staying this way. Everyone's just gonna have to deal with it. You know why? Because it's our fucking show. I mean, I'm sure the 25 people that listen to this have big fucking issues with the way you start the shit, Mike. 7,025, Mike. Is that what 7, we're up to? Seriously? I mean, you know, it's pretty good. Seriously? Wait, really? <laughs> we'll talk off air, Mike. We'll talk off air. Anyway. Holy uh, shit. Eventually, we're going to get paid. Um, so, I, we're going we're gonna to go right into the Wednesday Night War this week, Mike. There's a lot of crazy stuff still going on in pro wrestling. There is shitty people in this world. There are stupid people in this world. And I want to wrap the show up by talking about, well, most of them. So let's just go into the fun stuff first and then go from there. How's that sound? Yeah, that works for me, bro. Go ahead and open it up. Okay. So NXT this week. um, Headline with... A superb main event, a headline with the triple threat match for the North American title between Keith Lee, Finn Balor, and Johnny Gargano. And we will we will leave that probably for the end, I think, is the best thing to do. But uh, the show opened up... You know, I like how NXT does a recap every week. I'm not sure. I know you do go back and watch, but I'm not sure... How often you do, but I, I, it's enjoyable when they do things like this. They do a little recap of what happened the week before, kind of leading in, and if you didn't watch, it gives you a chance to catch up, right? So it's done very, very well. Well, this week did the same thing, and then we open up with Cameron Grimes kind of in a lot, running away from a scene, saying someone better go check on Damian Priest. Priest is laying half in, half out of his car. If you recall from last week, show uh, Cameron Grimes slashed Damian Priest's tires. Now he's apparently attacked and hurt his back. Well, this goes into Grimes saying in the ring how oh, Priest is going to no-show this match because he knows he can't beat me because I beat everybody. You know, given that typical heel, I'm better than him promo we all know i attacked him but we're not going to act like that priest comes out ribs tape back tape tries to have the match obviously loses but you know i I guess it would be the way to make priest not look weak by losing the cameron grimes and not making cameron grimes take a loss super weird to me that they are making damian priest a face yeah it seems that way um that dude it actually seems like built for a heel yeah, they they had him as a heel, and then he went against Finn Balor, who we weren't sure is Finn a face or a heel, 
and then he loses to who we decided was Face and Valor to then himself become a face, right? Fair enough. I mean, you know, I'm not. It is what it is, man. Uh, NXT's been doing these weird soft face turn. I guess that's what you'd call it. I I guess that's what you would call it. Um, I don't hate it. I don't love it. Um, I think certain people need to stay one way or another for a while. We can't be big showing it all the time. You know what I mean? But you know, if it's organic, I don't mind it. Like Eva Shirai, they turned her heel and. It got her over more than ever, in my opinion. And now I feel like they're organically letting her turn face just because people cheer for her. Like, not necessarily changing the character, but she's just popular, you know. Yeah. Uh, a la Becky Lynch the man. That whole character, they turned her heel, and it got her over as a face. Uh, so man. Fans wouldn't let her turn heel. Right, right. And, I mean, they let EO turn heel, but they liked it. And, you know, that, that's a thing, too. And I'm okay with it. But, yeah, I don't know, Damian Priest, we'll see where it goes. I, I like both guys involved in this feud, so we'll see where it goes. Um, we got a strong showing from uh, Santos Escobar. So the faction has a name now, Mike, and I'm totally going to butcher it. Uh, it's playing off the Phantasma gimmick, but it is Legato Del Phantasma. Okay. Uh, they look, they look like a million bucks. The Tron looked great. The music was great. I'm all about this uh, Lucha Libre faction, is what I'm going to call it. Uh, Jake Atlas and him had a match. Jake Atlas was fighting in defense of Drake Maverick. Um, Jake Atlas got his ass kicked. Uh, a competitive match, but he got his ass kicked. This faction is just, it's working for me, man, and. Santos Escobar is, like, you know you when you see these certain guys, I'm going to give him, I'm not going to put him at the same level, because I think the buzz is slightly less for him, but, like, you know when you look at Scarlet and Karrion Cross and you're like, man, that's money right now, main roster, do it, right? Yes. Do I it. I actually feel the exact same way about this. Escobar alone but, like, even the faction, like, it just, there's so much good that can come out of this, and I hope that it, it works out well. Uh, let's see, what else happened? Very, it was a, it was a, it was a good, it was a match that was there to build the story and build the heat and the strength of this faction, and it worked uh, amazingly. Uh, Casey Catanzaro Kat teamed with Caden Carter versus Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. Uh, another match to establish Dakota Kai as a top-tier heel and Raquel Gonzalez as a muscle. Dude, I know Casey Catanzaro is a small girl, but Raquel Gonzalez had her above her head with one arm. Holy shit. It was just damn impressive. She's a um, fucking child. It's insane yeah. how small she is. She is, but it was still impressive nonetheless. I, whoa, uh, Dakota Kai whoa. and Raquel get the win. I should probably clarify in today's modern wrestling world, she's not actually oh a child. We don't have to go at Ricochet for anything. <laughs> not yet, anyway. No, Let's hope it stays man. that way. Uh, well, Let's hope it stays that I way. I think he's in the clear because he's young, and before her, was he not with Tessa Blanchard for like an extended period of time? 
yes to one of those. I don't know the time period, but he I'm was with Tessa Blanchard. I'm hoping that maybe he's just not a piece of shit. Also. Yeah, let's let let's hope. Um, he seems like a nice guy. <laughs> he does seem like he, a relatively nice guy. He doesn't seem like a pedophilic rapist. Yeah, neither did Marty Squirrel. God damn, man, do you have to bring that up? <sighs> Shit yeah, well, you so know. Bad. Burn that shirt, baby. Uh, I know, I love that shirt, too. It looks really <laughs> fucking good on me. I found that fucker for $8 at a Hot Topic in the fucking, um, one of their little, like, uh, discount t-shirt bands. And I was like, how fortunate to find a Villain Club shirt in my size for $8. In the fucking discount t-shirt been a hot topic, and I was very excited. I wear it all the time, and well, now probably should not. Well, you can look at it this way, Mike. At least it's less kayfabe, more real life, right? Yeah, fair. <laughs> yes. So we get a match uh, between Bronson Reed, who called out Carrying Cross last week. I'm still digging the entrance that he has. Uh, I dig the chemistry between him and Scarlet. It's amazing. Uh, it, the whole package works. Look, this was not a squash, but it was a brilliant slugfest between two heavy-hitting dudes and still able to establish Karrion Cross as a dominant monster. He literally threw the 300-plus-pound Bronson Reed around the ring like a child. Again, let's clarify, Bronson Reed, not a child. Not um, a child. Toss him around like he was a 200-pounder, Mike. Incredible. Uh, I'm not usually a fan of just big guy slugfest, but I don't know why, man. This match did everything for me. Uh, Bronson Reed still looked like a, a big deal, if that made sense. Like, I actually think him losing this match made him look more important. Especially the way that his moveset was presented. He got offense in against Karrion Cross. It was very, I don't want to say ineffective, because he did sell for him. But, like, there were also points where he didn't, and it made it matter that much more, if that makes any sense. And I think they just really knocked it out of the park with this. I don't know that everyone's going to feel that way. My personal opinion. Cross gets the win, uh, clearly. And it's it's going to be great. I, I love it. We got an Adam Cole interview where he's asked, who does he want to win and in, in this triple threat match to face him for his title? And, you know, I don't like to break promos down, but it was a short promo. And he basically said, look, any ordinary guy would say the weaker win or the one they think they have the advantage of. But I'm Adam Cole, baby. And... I'm going to win no matter what, so it does not matter who wins this match. Uh, amazing promo. Go and watch it. It'll take like 45 seconds of your life, and you'll be better for it. Rhea Ripley uh, went against Ali, who is now part of the Robert Stone brand. Uh, earlier in the night, we saw Rhea Ripley toss Robert Stone in the dumpster because he was trying to get her to join him again. Uh, there's a gimmick oh, in the they're match they're ripping where... off AEW. Ripping off AEW last week, Big Swole threw Britt Baker into a dumpster for nine and a half hours. Yeah, you're ripping <laughs> off AEW. I see what's oh, going it gets, on. 
It gets better, Mike. If you're out of the loop, I know we're recording early. If you're out of the loop, it really gets better to where we where uh, NXT is ripping off AEW. So can't wait to call you out. Uh, <laughs> so uh, in the match, Robert Stone gets involved. He ends up climbing on the apron and throws a shoe at Rhea Ripley to where Beth Phoenix yells on commentary, "Who throws a shoe?" I mean, really. This uh, is a WCW in 1995. I mean, it's also not awesome powers, but I dug the reference. Right. Uh, Rhea Ripley still ends up getting the win. Kind of looked like, oh, God, we're going to have her lose because of this distraction. But no, it's NXT. She doesn't. She gets the win, as she should. And then we later find out that Robert Stone's lobbying with uh, general manager William Regal for a rematch and saying that if Aaliyah wins that she should have to join his brand. And Regal's like, I'm not going to do that. And Regal does say, but I think that you should both fight Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley overhears it and says, sounds good to me. I accept all of it. So I don't know if that means if she loses, she has to join his brand, or if she's just down to fight them both. But we're going to get Rhea Ripley versus Robert Stone and Aaliyah. So I'm all for it. I mean, fuck yeah. Let's do it. Oh, fucking mixed tag matches. Um, this is a mixed handicap match, which is even better. Well, yeah, I guess. Um, this has been... Like, NXT's kind of been doing these pretty regularly, man. This is pretty impressive. Yeah, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. And they present it in a good way. We had another vignette, or whatever you want to call it, skit with the Undisputed Era doing the uh, psych psychological examination that helped to Roddy Strong to get him over fear of Dexter Loomis and Trunks. Uh, it is revealed that Kyle O'Reilly is a therapist, but they feel that they've cured Roddy Strong. They take him outside, they put him in a trunk, and everything's good. And then Adam Cole says, that's awesome. Now you conquer Trunk. Tonight you're going to conquer Dexter Loomis. So Roddy Strong has to fight Dexter Loomis. And we go to that match. We find out that Roddy Strong has not conquered his fear and is still afraid of Dexter Loomis. Uh, gets in the ring, out of the ring, in the ring, out of the ring. Bobby Fish is encouraging him to get in there, not worry about who it is, and just fight him. Uh, Roddy Strong eventually runs away, and Dexter Loomis wins with a 10-count countout, and then snags Bobby Fish from behind in a creepy-ass slide across the ring, chokehold from the inside to the outside. I'm digging the Dexter Loomis character. I really like the work Roddy Strong is doing with being afraid of him and the skits and everything else. It's just fun, and something that is being done that is fun, yet, even though it's kind of slapstick, you can kind of see where it stems from, and I'm enjoying it. Zero doubts he raped this dude. (laughs) And in today's climate, it's even more likely, right? Yeah, yeah, like, it's fucking great, like, I mean, you know, let's... They're this deep into the storyline, man. They didn't know that all these rapist things were going to come out. No, not Just roll with it at this point, guys. Um, so, you know. Yeah, he raped him. Like, it is what it is. It is what it is. You can't convince me he didn't. No one acts like that without getting raped. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I, I, it's a, it's a legitimate concern. Um. We move into the main event, man. Triple threat for the North American title. Keith Lee versus Finn Balor versus Johnny Gargano. Winner gets to face Adam Cole to become a double champ. Um, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and break every move of this match down. 
Uh, it was a fantastic match, man. Um, everyone looked good. A lot of guys got their shit in. You know, the smaller two teaming up against Keith Lee at times, and then, of course, going against each other, your typical kind of three-way match that you have to do formula, but it worked well for all three of these guys. Keith Lee gets the win, and we end with Adam Cole coming down in the ring, and they're holding each holding their title, staring at each other, setting up for the match, man. Uh, I think this is going to be a crowning achievement for Keith Lee, I gotta say. If the rumors are to be, if the rumors are to be true, Mike, why wouldn't you, right? You think like, this is the ascension if, of Keith Lee, huh? Honestly, if, that makes perfect sense in my mind because, um, if like I think what you're about to say, if the rumors of Adam Cole leaving are true, mm-hmm. okay, so Cole is leaving, right? Finn Balor is a made man in WWE, especially NXT, right? Mm-hmm. Um. And let me clarify, by leaving, we mean moving to Raw. Yes, yes. Um, Gargano, <clears throat> Johnny's not winning this, right? Like, I think, unfortunately, I think we've moved past the Johnny Gar- Gargano uh, Tommaso Ciampa phase of NXT. I'm not saying they won't ever win these titles again, but I just, they're not ever going to be the guys again i don't think unfortunately um this would be just like new japan did with naito and dual belting him this would be a way to like you know you've got this guy that's been on the precipice of ascension for a while now this would be a way to mint him boom stamp it right there right i mean why not I, this would be a great time to do it. I'm all for it. Keith Lee would be a hell of a guy to have as your face of your brand. He's different than what the competition has. He's a he like he's 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 an attraction, man. Yeah, a hundred percent. And he's also <sighs> I hate to get political, but man, like he could be the leader of a movement. You know what I mean? Like he wrestled it in your house with Black Lives Matter on his trunk. There was no issue there. The company didn't have an issue with it. Like, he can be a spokesperson in this time, even if it's for a short period of time. He doesn't have to have both belts for the entire time. You know what I'm saying? Like, but give him this opportunity. If Cole and the Undisputed Era are going to Raw, you have a perfect way to write them off of NXT television with the whole Dexter Loomis gimmick, right? Yes. So, I mean, I, I think now's the time, and believe me, I love Adam Cole. He's quite possibly my favorite wrestler, and I love the Undisputed Era. They are 100% my favorite current faction, but, but they kind of have, they kind of have done all they can do in NXT and kind of, I don't want to say overspent their welcome, but I mean, I'd love to see them back in NXT at some point when, if we continue pushing this, this is just a third brand. I think a good change of scenery would be good for them. You know what I mean? Move them to Raw. Let's see what can happen. Let's see what they can do, right? They have unfinished business with the current champion. They sure do. Actually, so, the current I mean, champion I, I has unfinished business with them, technically, I believe. Uh, 
probably could be stated both ways. Um, and either way, I'm fine with it. But yeah, man, good episode of NXT. What, my friend, was happening over on the other channel? I heard some good and I heard some bad. One week, I'm going to do this show as a complete like AEW douchebag fan. <laughs> I just want to put that out there right now, that that's going to happen one week here. I'm just going to just turn it up and be the biggest like AEW internet fanboy mark just for the fuck of it. But on the other channel, Mike, uh, you heard some good, you heard some bad, huh? I heard, I don't want to say I heard a lot of bad. I heard that like every segment but one ended with a brawl, which we've talked about on the show. Yeah, that's true. They are WCW. Uh, we opened with Luchasaurus versus Wardlow in a lumberjack match. I thought it it was okay. I talk a lot of shit about Jim Ross on here, but I also like to give people props when they do shit that I think is cool. Um, Jr. <clears throat> explain the history of a lumberjack match, like the origins of it and why it's called a lumberjack match. I thought that was pretty fucking sweet. That's information that you only get from an old school guy like JR. And that's JR doing his job, what he should be doing. Not out here shitting on the current generation of wrestlers. But then, uh, this is hilarious to me. Um, Excalibur explains to us what a lumberjack match is. Because <laughs> we might not know, right? Right, and they're like, we haven't seen a Lumberjack match in a while, and I'm pretty sure, like, they had one within the last year on WWE. Um, and then Excalibur's like, so, for any fans that haven't seen a Lumberjack match, alright, bro, like, first of all, what children are watching AEW Dynamite? None. None. <laughs> right? Like, they watch... Maybe there's like, I'm not saying there's no children, right? But if you have a kid who watches AEW Dynamite, like you're a parent and your child is like, let's say eight, right? And he doesn't watch, mm -hmm. he doesn't watch Raw or SmackDown. He's an AEW Dynamite guy because you are, right? You're like one of those anti-WWE right. guys, right? Um, your fucking kid has seen a ladder match or a lumberjack match. An eight-year-old with a parent like that has seen every type of fucking match in the world and probably some Japanese death matches. Probably. Probably, man. I have a buddy who's like this. And his his daughter, by the age of, like, fucking, like, five, could, like, tell you, like, the best matches that Shawn Michaels had had. And shit like that. Right? Like, people like that, their kids are, like, into that. They You show this shit to them, man. It's like, if I had kids, they'd be walking around saying fucker a lot and talking about comics and video games and horror movies. Uh... <laughs> So, bro, like, who do you think you're fucking talking to? Like, we all know what a lumberjack match is, man. Fuck. Like, I probably fucking knew what a lumberjack match was before you. Like, get the fuck out of my face. So, um, these two guys, uh, this wasn't a terrible match for two big guys. Um, you know, generally you put two big guys in a match, it's not great. But this was not a bad match. Uh, Wardlow wins after some shenanigans. Involving MJF. Uh, at the end of the match, Tony Khan 
makes it Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus versus MJF and Wardlow at Fighter Fest. This is a decent match, man. This is enjoyable enough to watch. After that, we had uh, Hikaru Shida absolutely fucking squash Red Velvet in like, a, in like a matter of seconds. And then after she fucking jumped the rail and attacked Penelope Ford because they have a match at Fighter Fest for the title. Nothing really to talk about in these first two matches. Um, after that, we had the Fighter Fest press conference. For the TNT title featuring Cody and old Jake Hager. Uh, Jake is not there at the start of it. Uh, so they asked Cody some like some they asked some obvious like terrible actors that are pretending to be press. Ask Cody some questions. You know, basic bullshit. Cody, what's it like to be the first TNT champion? Bro, he's told us this like seven times now. We know. <laughs> so, uh, oh, no, hold on, my bad. The questions were from, I'm looking at Bleacher Report, Pro Wrestling Illustrated writers Liz Hunter and Matt Brock. So they were real, like, wrestling uh, writers. That's why they were terrible at acting. Uh, Hager shows up like halfway through. Walks over, he's like, let's do this. Him and Cody have the face-off with the picture. And then Hager's uh, former amateur porn star wife throws water on Cody. Hmm. Dude, she's a fucking smoke show, man. She's a fucking smoke really? show. Yeah, dude. Uh, I'm not even playing. Google Jake Hager wife, right? Then copy her name, openpornhub.com. Paste, paste, paste her name into the search bar, and you're welcome. Catalina White. Yeah. Now. Now, <laughs> you could probably just type Catalina White porn into Google, and it would, like, do the whole thing for you. Anyway. <laughs> uh, she's a fucking smoke show. She looks better now. Then she does in, like, whatever videos might pop up. But she's still fucking amazing in those. Um, so, uh, she shows up. I think making her a part of Hager, like, should he break away from the inner circle? I think having her, like, as his valet is fucking great. Like, they play well together. They look like a fucking, like, power couple. Uh, if they had a OnlyFans, I'd pay three ninety nine a month to watch them fuck. Uh, wow. Uh, I'm on one today, man. Um, so, uh, I think she would be a great addition to his overall presentation and package. They have an outstanding look together. Um, she carries herself the same way he does. Um, you know, she's got that limited acting experience. Uh, so, fuck, dude, I'm so sorry. I actually like Jake Hager and his wife. I'm fucking making too many jokes. I shouldn't be. I'm sorry. Um, whatever. I'm not defending myself. Fuck this. Fuck this. We're making jokes about someone that did some fucking porn. It's fine. Who the fuck hasn't fucked on camera? Um, so... Wow. She definitely, uh, she definitely has. Um... Uh, what? So... I think she would be, like, an excellent 
addition to his like overall presentation. They fucking she she plays a, a fucking great heel. Like they're they're an excellent fucking package together. Um, I I really enjoyed. If I you know I think the inner circle probably is at a point where they could go their separate ways. You know what I mean? Um, well, I mean they've already lost one member. Yeah. So I mean, like this would be the best time to split like them all off. Jericho doesn't need to be necessarily like even associated with it anymore or anything. So, you know, uh, mm-hmm. it, now's the time. If you were going to do it, now's the time to do it. But, you know, who am I? I'm just a guy talking about wrestling to apparently way more people than I thought. <laughs> Um, after that, hold on, man, because the fucking Bleacher Report only takes you so far. This is weird. Okay, press conference. Uh, Bleacher Report gave it a C. I thought, uh, once Jake Hager showed up, like, the last two minutes of it were fairly entertaining. Uh, after that, we had a little, uh, pre-recorded segment of Sonny Kiss Out with Joey Janela driving. They go to a gas station, uh, some dudes... I was, I'm not sure what happened, why, okay, so Joey Janela goes inside the gas station to get some snacks, and Sonny Kiss is getting gas, I guess, and somehow Sonny Kiss starts fighting with like four or five dudes. I'm not sure how, I'm assuming uh, they were bigots. Let's go with that, right? Um, so... Joey Janela walks out and sees this fight happening and comes over and they proceed to have the most like stylistic action movie-esque fight scene I've ever fucking seen in wrestling. I'm not sure how I feel about it. Uh, like it was a dope ass fucking fight scene, but, but like it's wrestling um, I don't know, man. It was a fucking sweet scene. I, I guess watch it. There was some good comedy. There was some good fucking action. Uh, I enjoy what these two guys are doing. Uh, I'm interested to see where this goes. Do you know where it goes, Mike? It leads right into a match where they get fucking shithoused by Brody Lee and Colt Cabana. Um, <laughs> I thought that was an interesting choice. They actually didn't get shithoused. They lost. But, it, you know, there was interference from the Dark Order and all that. Uh, Colt Cabana, the Can ongoing... I... Pl- yeah, go ahead and ask a question. Sure. So... Do I think Brody Lee fucked Colt Cabana? No, not yet. Not till you put the mask on. But, so... In the butt, Brody yes. It, Lee... it will be in the butt. Probably also the mouth. Well, so there might Brody also Lee... There might also be some docking. <laughs> not Colt... So Brody Lee... Colt Cabana doesn't have foreskin, though. He's Jewish. <laughs> so it'll be Brody Lee's foreskin they're using. So Brody Lee, former Luke Harper, was underused in WWE, according to every single person. Yeah. Uh, left WWE, immediately got a title shot in AEW. Yeah. Was put in charge of this faction that we all made fun of until he was put in charge of it, right? Yeah. I actually uh, think the faction was more enjoyable. When we just thought it was evil, you know, having sex with dudes in masks. It was. Um, I really do. It was actually better then. Uh, lost said title shot. Uh-huh. 
and is now tag teaming with Colt Cabana Why, and getting beat. Not tag team. No, they won. Oh, they won. Okay. Yeah. Um, My bad. Uh, My bad. And, and not tag teaming. This is more like uh, was like more like a, a recruitment. Uh, uh, he got a win for Colt to boost his confidence and make him feel good. You know what I'm saying? You know, like like mm-hmm. you do like like you do to girls that don't think they're pretty. You, yeah. You, you boost their confidence, and you know, then they let you do stuff. Um, if you make a girl feel comfortable with herself, she'll let you do anything. Just saying. Um, but you have to like really mean it, man. You can't like fake it, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, don't tell mommy she's beautiful if she's not beautiful. You know what I mean? But a beautiful girl that doesn't know she's beautiful, once you make her realize how beautiful she is, she will show you. Um, pro tip. Uh, so, fuck, man, I gotta quit talking like this in this like current state we're in. Um, I mean... That's not manipulation, man. That's just making your girl feel good about herself. If your girl makes you feel good about yourself, do you not drop the, the A-plus dick game? Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Maybe pop, like, half a Viagra just to, like, give her the A-plus-plus. Blue Chew. We got, like, 7,000 listeners, guys. We're waiting on you to call. Then I could get on here and tell Blue Chew dick stories with my free Blue Chew, like Eric Bischoff does on 83 Weeks, which I fast forward through because it's real weird listening to Bischoff like, that dude's real good with his words, and it's weird listening to him tell you about fucking his wife. Probably as weird as it is when I get on here and say weird shit. So, all right, wow, that's, so that's what it feels like. Huh. All right, where were you going, man? You were saying something. I'm sorry. Uh, I was just making uh, the point of Brody Lee, you know. Yeah. Still kind of doing the same thing he did in WWE. Um, he's an upper mid-carder. I mean, he's in a somewhat better position. Somewhat. Sure. Somewhat better. So, uh, after Brody Lee, um... Started putting his plan into motion on how he's going to have sex with Colt Cabana. Uh, we were treated to... Um, post-match, Lance Archer. Okay, so they did all this work building. They put out this whole dope video for Sonny Kiss and Joey Janela, right? And then they immediately followed that up with... Them losing to Brody Lee and Colt Cabana... And then that's immediately followed up with Lance Archer showing up and shithousing both of them. To the point that Jake Roberts has to stop him and be like, whoa, man, that's enough. Um, Is that a hate crime? (laughs) I don't know. Hmm. I think it's only a hate crime (laughs) if you say some kind of slur while you're doing it uh so in wrestling in wrestling not in the real world in real world it's fucking hate crime in wrestling you you beat people up so what you do but if you happen to use a slur then it becomes a hate crime i think uh last night on aew dark sean spears our favorite wrestler picked up a win over pineapple pete 
Turns out the black glove thing is he's loading it up and cracking people in the jaw with it. So There we go. Yeah, right on. Sean Spears beats Pineapple Pete on AEW Dark. But I like that they talked about it on this show. Like, they didn't have to, like, give us a Sean Spears update. Like, they're keeping him in the know on the main show. I like that. After that, we had FTR versus SCU. This was supposed to be the Natural Nightmares, but, you know, QT Marshall has been in contact with someone who tested positive for COVID, so he's going through all the right steps for that. Uh, this was a... Obviously, this was a fucking great match, man. Like, this match was fucking outstanding. Um... Obviously, FTR is going to get the win here. They're not going to have them lose. At the end of the match, uh, FTR gets on the mic, cuts a hell of a fucking promo. Then the Butcher and the Blade show up in FTR's truck. Uh, and they're like, hey, this is a nice truck. Probably going to steal it. You can see where this Maybe is going. You can see you where this drive it to the ring. You can see where this is going. And FTR's <laughs> like, no, not our truck. We've totally watched wrestling before. We know where this is going. And Butcher and the Blade challenged FTR to an eight-man tag. Butcher and the Blade and the Lucha Bros taking on FTR and the Young Bucks. And then the Lucha Bros show up behind FTR and jump them. And then the Young Bucks come out and the Lucha Bros run off and get in the truck with Butcher and the Blade and they leave. It was the first time I've ever heard the Blade talk, I think. It was weird. Um... Maybe he's talked before. I don't know. It just seemed weird to me that he was voicing words. It's also weird that these guys are wearing all white now. Uh, but whatever. Uh, so. Um, we've got that at Fighter Fest. The eight-man tag. Then we had a hilarious little vignette for uh, with Kenny Omega and, Han- and Hangman Page and also the best friends. It was... Uh, they weren't together in a room. It was the best friends uh, sitting on some steps, uh, Paige and Omega at a bar, and then Jim Ross was also speaking. Like, And it was just them talking about their upcoming tag team match, uh, tag title match at Fighter Fest. And it was fucking hilarious, dude. Like, fucking hilarious, man. I watched it twice. I enjoyed the fuck out of it. Uh, Hangman Page is an, uh, especially a standout. Uh, throughout this little bit uh it's very very entertaining i recommend anyone watching it uh after that we got some little uh john moxley little taped promo where he's like you know i'm gonna get you brian cage then brian cage took on (laughs) (laughs) well i mean you know you know i did like one part he was like he was like you know brian cage what I realized about you the other day is that probably under different circumstances, I would like you. And I was like, that's fucking, I, that's a, a cool thing to say in a promo. I did like that. Uh, so Brian Cage <laughs> then took on Joe Cruz. Um, that goes about like you think. Um, Brian Cage, over uh, two and a half minutes, proceeds to throw this dude head first at the ground in a lot of different ways. Uh, post-match, Taz talks to the camera. And like, no, Moxley, we're going to get you. Uh, so that's how that goes. 
Uh, the cards for Fighter Fest were announced. I'm not going to go over them here. You can fucking look them up. Uh, Britt Baker, <laughs> she's hanging out in her car. Big Swole comes over. Britt Baker, since she got like dumped in the trash last week, now she's got bulletproof plexiglass up around her cart. Um, so she's talking shit to Big Swole, and then Big Swole just gets up on top of the cart and dumps trash in the top of it because she didn't put glass on the top, which seems like a design flaw to me. Then Broken Matt Hardy... Clearly it was. Clearly. Broken Matt Hardy then takes on Santana with Ortiz. I did not watch this match. I'll be honest with you. It was uh, early in the morning. I wanted to go to bed. And I was just like, you know, I do not give a shit at all about Matt Hardy and fucking Santana having a match. I do not care. Matt Hardy won. I did watch, like, the last two seconds to see who got the pin. Uh... Ortiz uh, then uh, jumps Hardy. Two of them jump him until Private Party makes the save. Then we had a face-off between Orange Cassidy and Chris Jericho. This was fucking great. Chris Jericho was on fire. Orange Cassidy was the next level. They fucking beat the shit out of each other. Clear up through the stands. Cassidy was bleeding from the fucking head. This is outstanding. I really enjoyed this. This is how it goes off the airs with Cassidy staying tall over top of Chris fucking Jericho. I really, really enjoyed this. Really, really enjoyed this. And that's the fucking episode of AEW. It was a good show. So is it WWE booking and because Cassidy is standing tall, Jericho beats him? I don't think there's any way Orange Cassidy wins this match. <laughs> so it is WWE Although they booking. did announce yesterday or today... Orange Cassidy action figure will be the next one coming. Cool. I know you're not excited, but I'm pretty fucking excited. <laughs> All right, Mike, let's take, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, <sighs> we'll talk some serious stuff, but we'll also try to lighten the mood with some stupidity. Hang tight. The mics on mics. We'll be right back. If you're a longtime listener of the Drive-By Wrestling Podcast, then that sound you just heard will make you think, oh no, there's a problem with the end of the show, they lost the audio, there was a malfunction, and while the end of the show is perfectly intact and Mike and I are going to talk about some very important topics, we do have a problem. You were about to hear an ad for... Our friend Daniel's Conspiracy Parapod radio show, What's His Doss? An amazing midday mind-fucking show, okay? That partnership is over. Because out of the control of Daniel, his show is no more. Now, it's not my place to explain exactly what happened, but what I will tell you folks is... This is a shining example, if not proof, that conspiracies are real. This man's dream is, for now, over and must be realized in another way, if at all. So, I just want to thank Daniel for taking the time out of his show to play our ads and give us some support. I know that it helped us. I hope that our support helped him. in any way possible and we will always be there for for him in the future if and when and hopefully that time comes 
So I guess for now, we do the pro wrestling thing, as Daniel is also a fan, and we say, we wish you the best of luck in your future endeavors. Hopefully one day, his show will be back in some way, shape, or form. Until then, open your eyes, open your ears. Conspiracies are real, my friends. The truth is out there. Midday Mindfuck with our friend Daniel on What Is Doss. It's a good show, Mike. Ah, dude. Great show. <laughs> Holy shit. Go, if you guys if you guys want to mindfuck, like, here's the thing. Uh, if you do drugs of any sort, do your drugs. <laughs> Which we don't advocate unless they're legal. Which one of us doesn't advocate unless they're legal. <laughs> Me personally, my favorite author of all time is Kurt Vonnegut. Uh, he's an amazing, amazing writer. And he had, I probably read this quote at like way too young of an age. Right about the age of 16, I got into his stuff. And um, it fucking changed my life, man, the way this dude wrote. But he had a quote, and I believe it's in Slaughterhouse-Five. Um which is an outstanding book. It's, it's a fucking literary classic. If you've never read it, I highly recommend it. Fucking book on tape. It. Whatever you got to do, book on tape. <laughs> Audio book. <laughs> um, he had a quote, and it said, uh, I'm a firm believer that when used in moderation, drugs and alcohol do wonders for alleviating uh, mental pain and boredom. And I probably read that way too early in life. Uh, but I also am a firm advocate that when used properly, drugs are the shit. But, like, people don't use them properly, and that's the problem, right? Like, not everyone's me, where you can fucking blow an eight ball of cocaine over a two-day period <laughs> a couple times a month and walk away, and walk away for, like, for, like, a decade and walk away from it scot-free, Right? Uh, I just, I just, uh, I just know. Here's the key, guys. Here's the key. Don't do the same drug two days in a row. And I'm not saying don't go on like a two or three day binge with coke. But once your two or three day binge is over, do not go do cocaine again the next day because now you have a problem. Don't do coke again for a few weeks, man. 
Just don't fuck with it. Just be like, nah, man, okay, I had a fucking binge this month on coke. I'm not gonna fuck with it for the next few weeks, man. Fucking, fucking fuck with some weed. Uh, drink. Uh, do some LSD. Uh, I'm not gonna say smoke crack, but, like, smoking crack, I thought wasn't that bad either. Um, uh, just do your shit smart, man. Just be smart about it. If you like to party, right on. Just be fucking smart about it, man. Because there's people that are going to party no matter what. Right? Me. I was that type of kid. I was going to party no matter what. I didn't care what the fucking dangers were. Just fucking do it wisely. And have a fucking spotter, man. If you're going to get weird, have a fucking sober dude that you trust that can fucking spot for you. <laughs> anyway. So this dude, if you're going to do some drugs, turn on the John D'Souza episode and fuck your mind all up. But <laughs> I noticed that a couple times an episode, you hear a lighter flick, and this dude take a drag <laughs> on a cigarette. Yes, and you I was, do. And I was like, my man. <laughs> we definitely got the lighter flicks in common on this show, huh? Yep. <laughs> I wondered if you'd pick that up and get a kick out of that. I noticed it. I don't know how I didn't notice it on the first like couple episodes I listened to, but I noticed it on this one, and I was like, okay, my dude. <laughs> so, Mike, we have to get a little real again. The speaking out movement is still going on. Um, <sighs> man, Marty Skrull should probably just shut the fuck up, right? Jesus, man, you could have said nothing, and it would have been better than what you did say. I mean, he literally gave two different statements. Uh, both of them terrible. <laughs> uh, it, this is, I'll, I'll read the first one. I am aware that a young woman has bravely come forward with her account of sexual abuse by some members of the wrestling community in the UK five years ago, a community I was a part of. Although I tru truly believe that our encounter that evening was consensual, and the fact that the encounter was legal is almost not the point, but I'm going to bring it up anyway. I added that part, not him. I understand that she now views our encounter as part of a bigger problem within the wrestling community. What concerns me at this moment is that from what I have been reading, she is a fan of wrestling and was made to feel unsafe within that community. That is not acceptable. I also understand that people have been attacking her on social media, and I implore you to please stop. She has a right to her voice, and it is our responsibility to listen. So that was non-apology number one, also stating, hey man, I didn't do anything that was illegal, wasn't legal, fuck right off, right? That's pretty much it, man. That's pretty much it. You know, we talked about this yesterday, you and I. Mm-hmm. We and did. I said, and I said, I hope I remember this for the show, and I do. Look, man, everybody's like up in arms right now about a lot of shit with this, and people are like, seen a lot of people where it's like, oh, she was of legal age. Uh, everywhere has its own age limit. States are different. Countries are different. How, what, how, how do you know? Uh, okay, here, here's the thing, man. 
if they're in high school, you don't fuck them. Straight up. Straight up. That we can end the conversation. If we, we can end the whole fucking conversation right here, man. Right here. If they are in high school, you do not fuck them. I don't care if they're Especially. 18. If they're in high school, you do not fuck them. Once, dude, once she walks across that graduation stage and is handed a diploma, I don't agree with it or like it because she's still a child to me. But fair game, bro. You're 26. Have at it. Go ahead, man. Fair game. I guess she's an adult now. I guess I've got no, like, legal... Uh, I got some moral issues with it because she's still a child, but like whatever. Um, I'm also like 40, so like it's different, I guess, if you're in your mid 20s. Uh, <laughs> like realistically, they were but, in junior high when you were a senior in high school. That's not super weird. But like, but when you're closer to do, 30, yes. But do not if they are in and high they're school. They're closer to 15. If they have a high school ID to get into their high school, do not have sex with them. If they have a pre-algebra book in their backpack, do not have sex with them. If they (laughs) are still eating their lunch on a tray with cartons of milk, do not have sex with them. If their biggest problem in life is they don't have the time to go to practice and study for a test, do not put your dick in them. There we go. That's the answer. That's the answer. I mean, it's hard to argue, man. It's hard to argue. It's not even hard to argue. It's not even hard to argue. It's not. It's uh, it's facts. And then he goes on to make another statement, Mike, because apparently we didn't dig the hole deep enough for ourselves. We need to keep trying. Uh, in 2015, after wrestling an event in the UK, I had a brief conceptual sexual encounter with a woman. I like that he stresses, and I don't mean he didn't put them in, like, special, like, characters, but I like that he included the words, I should say, consensual and woman, right? Yes. In that moment, at a bar, you also make sure to put that in there, in those circumstances, I had no cause to question her age. I don't say any of this lightly or to seek absolution for my ignorance. Although I did not become aware of her age until after the encounter, the reality of the age disparity is not lost on me. I understand that although our encounter was technically legal in the UK, my lack of good judgment that evening has disappointed many fans. I mean... Disappointed isn't really the appropriate word here. Um, go ahead. He kind of steps away from it there at the end. Like, look, like, I didn't know at the time, but I knew after, uh, is still legal. I'm just saying. (laughs) Yeah. He just basically found a fancier way to say what he already said without Mm -hmm. saying exactly what he already said. This week, he continues, this week, the woman I'm referencing bravely shared her stories of abuse she experienced while attending wrestling events during that time period. My name has been included in one of those recollections that she has shared. I can only speak to what I know to be true in my own actions. 
It is my understanding that this woman, due to lawyer, totally wrote this. It is my understanding that this woman continuously supported our sport through her attendance at events, seminars, and training sessions. And as an industry, we failed her. Take the blame off of me. Make sure everyone in the business is at fault. I cannot begin to understand the difficulties she must be experiencing. And in that spirit, I ask that you please continue to respect her privacy. My immediate priority is to seek forgiveness for unknowingly contributing to a culture that for far too long has... uh, I'm not going to pretend like I know how to pronounce this word, Mike. Promulgated ego? Promulgated ego? I don't even know what that means. I'm not going to pretend like I'm smart and I know what this word is. And again, I don't believe Marty is either. Clearly his accents show that he isn't. A lawyer wrote this. I'm going to say promoted ego over humanity and hurt many along the way. For those of us with a voice that can reach beyond our own doorstep, it is our shared responsibility to be better and do more. The system must change to protect the most vulnerable and provide an ecosystem where female fans and athletes can engage and participate safely. The time is now. As a person who has been identified as part of the problem, I am unreservedly committing to be part of the solution. In the very short term, I am looking to work within the industry to create better security protocols at events to provide a safe environment for all fans. Words are no longer enough. Action is needed. Cool. I'm glad you figured that out after you've been accused of it, douchebag. You fucking douche. We we trusted you, Marty. Everybody makes mistakes, but this dude, like, just say, look, it was wrong, I was wrong, I'm a shitty person, I'm going to be better. But when you basically say it's everyone's fault, everyone else is doing it, I did it too, it's the system, not me. Like, get the fuck out of here. Uh, yeah, that's basically what he said too. It's the system, not me. I wasn't the one to blame. Blame the system. Well, I mean, it wasn't the system's penis. <laughs> nope, 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 it was not. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, uh, I think that, I mean, clearly something needs to change. The stuff keeps, there's more stuff that keeps coming out almost every day. I feel like as of this recording, it's maybe slowed down, but who knows? Um, maybe. Uh, but like, what do we, as fans, we can talk about it. As podcasters, we can talk about it. We can bring, bring to light the problems that are being talked about. I also know that there's probably some of these guys and girls that might be accused of things that it didn't happen. And people are riding this wave because they are also sick people and they are going to use this for whatever reason, to push their narrative, to ruin someone's career. Uh, it happens, unfortunately. It happens uh, it's bad side, bad side to both of these stories, man. But, like, it can't be ignored. Uh, you know, Sammy Guevara, we didn't talk about him last week, said some horrendous shit. Well, it happened afterwards. Yeah, it said her stuff came out about stuff he said on a podcast about being at the WWE Performance Center for a tryout and 
literally stated, I wanted to rape Sasha Banks. I mean, was he joking? I mean, he says he was. And he says that it was a poor choice of words. And I'm not going to stick up for him, but I am going to say, man, I said shit when I was 22 that I wouldn't say now. You know what I mean? Look. If they, if you would have given me an open microphone at the age of 22, like, you all think I say some, like, stupid shit on here now? Uh, the amount of stupid shit. Like, it's a good thing I wasn't, like, I'm not a celebrity. Like, I wasn't a celebrity. Because I'd have been one of the, I'd have been canceled, bub. Straight up. Would have been canceled. Especially if I was famous at 22. Everybody hates Justin Bieber. The kid was famous at 22. The kid had been famous his whole fucking life. He was bound to do some dumb shit. You know what I mean? And I was always like, so he was driving fast. Hey, everybody's always mad when he does some like minor thing. Oh, he's doing a 100 miles an hour and 35. Well, yeah, that's fucked up, man. But like, are you serious? If I was a celebrity at 22, I'd just been saying the worst shit to people and been like high on the worst drugs. And just being, like, an absolute fuck-all terrible human being. So, like, am I saying that this is an excusable thing to say? Nah, man, but he was 22. We all said dumb shit at 22. We all did. We all said dumb shit at 22. And also... Yeah, man. No one fucking cared until this dude, whose podcast this was... Didn't he splice the fucking clip himself and put it out? I have no idea. Um, I, I thought it was the out. podcast himself that was like, oh, well, listen to what Sammy Guevara said on our show. It very well may have been, but I have a, I mean, I have a feeling that if that's what it was, this guy is probably opening himself up for some things because <laughs> uh, I'm sure that they don't say the nicest things. But it, it, here's the thing, man. He's been, Sammy's been suspended. Uh, AEW is suspending him without pay, supposedly, and supposedly giving his pay to a, I believe, a woman's shelter or something in Jacksonville. Man, that's great. You know, I don't think this guy should be fired. If they want to suspend him, I think that's a smart move, especially at this point in time. If they want to send him to some kind of sensitivity classes, I don't have a problem with that either. I think that's probably the best way to handle this situation. I believe in second chances, especially when it comes to words. Now, when you're a pedophile, fuck right off, right? But, fuck you know, <laughs> if you say something stupid that didn't physically harm anyone, all right, man, like, take your lumps, take your vitamins, and we'll welcome you back. That's my opinion. Um, but it does feed into this culture, right? And that's where the changes need to come. And I think us as fans and podcasters and the wrestling journalists out there, like, everyone needs to do better. Everyone needs to spread the, you know, like, to, to make it so that people feel safe coming out with this stuff. To make it so that we aren't okay with this and the people that are found to be, I guess, guilty of this stuff are made to feel ashamed and made to realize that this shit's not okay right yes speak up for the victims speak out for the victims i also think it's important to make sure the victims are victims i mean some of that shit is hard to do in this situation but 
I'm not a, I'm not going to jump all over every single person, but when somebody, uh, uh, you know, gives their side of the story that says, Hey, yeah, this happened like the way Marty Scurll did. And when you hear it that way and the way that he placed the blame everywhere else, it's hard not to fault that guy, you know? Yep. I know exactly what you're talking about. And also, we'll move on, but also, I meant to say this last week, are we really surprised the guy who had the gimmick of grabbing his dick is a creep? Like, really? We're surprised about that? Come on, guys. Good riddance, Joey Ryan. Oh, no one's surprised at all. No one's surprised at all. (laughs) But here's where I almost want to move into, Mike. And you don't know what we're even getting into. I had a little back and forth here. Uh, and this is all going to be a little bit encompassing. It's almost who says something dumb, but I'm not even going to play the bumper because we're just going to talk about this. Two things, Mike. Two things happen. Uh, first things first. NXT is presenting for the next, I believe, two weeks, but definitely next week. NXT Great American Bash. Are they, if, I hope this is just what they do. From here on out, just use old school wrestling pay-per-view names for NXT. Yeah, I love it. More than okay, like, we're probably at the point now with NXT where we've moved past takeovers, right? So. I don't know if I'd want to move past them. I mean, I like the special, you mean like the names? Like, yes. where they just name them after the Take city? A, yeah, we can yeah. start using official names. I don't see why not. I think they can still be a NXT take. I think that's what they should... Pay-per-views should never be called paper. It should never... I love the term, it's a takeover. Um, but we're at a point now where, yes, we could probably start moving past the takeover New York and shit like that. Uh, and I think NXT, like, especially if you're going head-to-head with a company that like AEW that thrives so heavily on old school wrestling and we do things in an old way. This is, this is a great way to, this is a great way to kind of go head to head with them, especially since you own a lot of the names that that dad came up with. Well, let's get to that, Mike. That's where this is all stemming from because we got fighter fest for two weeks and we're going to have great American bash against it for two weeks. And uh, a man on Twitter, and I'm going to go ahead and give you his at name. His name is Gareth. His at name is R-H-W Gareth. And I don't even know why I started following this guy. I think it was one of those, hey, wrestling community, give a follow. One of those, so hey, I'm going to give a follow. Why not, right? Yep. Here's his tweet. He, he's he's uh, retweeting the NXT's account tweet, uh, the bash is back. The tradition of Great American Bash comes to NXT next Wednesday. Uh, and he quotes it, and he's, This is why I love NXT, a brand built on innovation in the future, not fueled by tacky counter-booking competition or gimmicks from the past, staying completely too, too, true to its roots. AEW could never. You're right, bro. They use Bash at the beach. Fuck right off. Uh, <laughs> he then goes, he then continues to tweet, for the record, I think the competition and counter-booking is natural to an extent, but it should drive better quality rather than panic. 
Note the Monday Night Wars. Whoever was playing catch-up creatively was playing catch-up in the ratings. You don't win through gimmicks. Then he goes on to continue. The best thing NXT can do is be itself, its own entity. Set trends, don't follow. I don't know if they've chosen Great American Bash because it's a dusty show, or just because it's a name from the past that people recognize. He spelled recognize wrong. But, petty or not, NXT's gimmicks are shit recently. And I responded, In Your House was fantastic and loved by most fans. The Fight Pit match was new, innovative, and again, loved by the majority. But yeah, lately they've been shit. And I said, let's also not forget that Dusty was, and still is, a huge part of NXT. Just because Cody wants to be him, should NXT forget him? He responds, Dusty is a huge part of NXT. That's why WWE should respect his family's wishes more in his passing. It's not just since AEW... Hold on. Again, I and I don't mean the fault, because typing on Twitter can sometimes... Ah, mess you up. It's not just since AEW came about, is what he was trying to say. Uh, the family have wanted those trademarks for years. And I responded, so they should just give them their property, right? No response. Um, he then, let's see, responds, Fight Pit was awesome. In Your House was easily the worst takeover ever. Which I responded, uh, go back and watch the first one, and then tell me what you think which we kind of talked about on yeah. this show a few weeks ago. Yeah, it's um, weird. Then, hold on, <laughs> then, uh, I believe it's Dusty's daughter, quotes the same tweet from NXT, cut my mom a check. Mm. Uh, pretty sure that check was cut a long time ago. To WCW, who actually fucking owned the names when Vince bought them. Pretty sure. Pretty Pretty sure. sure. Pretty sure a lot of this shit that you all were claiming was actually created by, uh, oh my god, brain fart. Help me out here, Mike. Uh, not, um, Barnett, you're talking about, god, it was the fucking... Crockett. Crockett, thank you. Jim Crockett. By Crockett. By JCW. Jim Crockett Wrestling, right? Isn't that where most of this shit came from? I don't know maybe specifically about Great American Bash, but let's be real here, here, guys. And it's funny, because wrestling fans bish and moan. They have all these pay-per-view names, and they never use them. And then they use them. How the fuck can you use them? That's bullshit. Give them to Cody. Yeah, let's just give our property away. I'm not sure if you know how business works, but giving IP away usually doesn't lead to fucking success. Really? I didn't... Wow. (laughs) I mean, I understand that there's this weird thing between AEW and WWE and the fans and how... We can't just all like wrestling, Mike. Like No, we can't. And I You can't. That well, I mean amazingly, yes you can, but like for whatever reason, there's a subset of fans that just everything AEW does is a dig, and everything that WWE does is petty. And I mean, like AEW definitely gets their digs in there. Like, and if WWE is doing something, they don't put it out there as blatant, so it's arguable. But like 
you and I can talk about it and joke about it and have fun about it, but there's people literally arguing with people that this is petty. They're doing it to fuck Cody over. They hate the roads. Like, dude, Dusty built NXT. Okay. Uh, Cody's gone on record to say that, you know, this company has helped his family numerous times financially. Like, I am could be making this up, but I'm pretty sure when Dustin has told his story about being at rock bottom, when he was not with the company, he called his dad, who was in NXT, and cried to him saying he didn't know what to do, that Dusty arranged for his rehab through WWE. Like, what more did they want them to do for them? Did they want them to just fund the fucking roster of AEW so Cody can play fucking Booker like his dad? I don't understand it, man. It'd be a start. I mean, and I've tried and tried and tried to move past my hiccups with this company. You know, this progressive company that is not progressive at all. That does the same shit that WWE does and is loved. Because they're not WWE. Like, I just don't understand it, Mike. But, like, they own this shit. They can use it, right? And if they're using it for counter-programming, you can say it's petty. I think it's fucking hilarious. And you can say that they should have named it something else. Why? Because Cody, Dusty's kid, is doing something that same night? Dude, it's fucking business. They're going to name it something that's familiar, then name it something that makes sense for the time. And quite honestly, I hope we have a Halloween Havoc takeover, right? Oh, holy shit. Yes. Yes. Spin the wheel, make the deal. Spin the wheel, make the deal. Hey, Halloween's on a Saturday, Mike. It could be a takeover. Spin the wheel, make the deal. Spin the wheel, make the deal. Spin the wheel, make the deal. Do it. NXT is the perfect place for spin the wheel, make the deal. I mean, you can't have it both ways. You can't say that they need to use these things or give them up, which is also an argument I've heard. And then when they use them, say, well, don't use them like that. It's kind of the same thing where you say they never push anyone new and then they push someone new. Well, I didn't want him or her. I mean... It's never going to work out exactly the way you want it, guys. It's never going to. And something else I want to just quickly touch on before we wrap up, Mike. There's like maybe 30 positive COVID cases in WWE right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Moxley is in isolation because one of those cases is Renee Young, his wife, in case you're living under a rock. Um, I've actually heard people say that they gave it to Renee on purpose to fuck up AEW. I've literally read the tweets, Mike. There, listen, okay. And I'm also gonna say this. Every, I, I just need, I just need common sense here. And this is not me defending WWE, even though it can totally be misconstrued that way. But no, they weren't testing till last week when they had someone test positive. Okay. Here's the thing, man. I've been working through this entire thing. All my company does, which they just started this week, is temperature checks. That's it. We're not getting tested every day. Here's the other thing. Testing can be inaccurate. Testing also 
doesn't matter quite as much when something has a two-week fucking latency period, right? Because guess what? Renee Young tested negative last week. Tested positive this week. These people were traveling. Um, WWE, if they were shut down and weren't working through the pandemic, where they had no issues or very few issues, uh, would have been open by now anyway, right? Can we agree on that? Yeah. Because the state's pretty much open. You want to know why? You want to know why they're having problems now? Because the state's fucking open and no one's following guidelines, Mike. That's why. Because these stars that are traveling back and forth are in airports that have more people in it now instead of taking a plane all by themselves. That's fucking why. It's because we've all gotten lax on this shit. We're not following the guidelines that, I don't know, the medical experts put out there. And people were getting fucking sick again. It's what is going to happen. And to be honest with you, WWE doing two weeks for tapings up until this point, they had to change that because of the test last week, was actually the safer protocol than AEW doing weekly tapings, flying people in and out every single week because Joe Blow will just say, I don't know, Cody Rhodes, who tests negative this week, could have it today and show up next week and already have infected the entire roster, right? Mm-hmm. That's exactly like, how it works, too. It's exactly how it works. So spare me, AEW is the devil, and AEW is fine because they've been doing testing the whole time. It does not matter, especially when everything's back open. Both of these companies were way safer when shit was shut down, and they were doing things the way they were doing them. Everything's back open. This shit's going to happen. And when uh, outbreak happens in AEW, don't fucking blame Renee Young and don't blame uh, WWE. All of these stars are traveling. Unless they do source tracing and get it back to that one spot, you can't blame anyone. Everyone's in the public. Fuck. Bailey posted a picture posing with a fan. Both of them had masks on under their fucking chin. That's like wearing a condom with with the tip of it cut off, okay? And again, maybe not the best analogy in this world right now, but it's the fucking fact, okay? It just blows my mind the absolute utter stupidity of the fan base to lay blame where they find it convenient when in all reality, it's the fucking problem of a pandemic, man. What are you going to do? You're either going to open up and get back to normal and everyone's going to get sick so there's no normal, or you follow the guidelines and you do what you're supposed to do, and you hope that everyone else does what they do. And guess what? Everybody else ain't doing what they're supposed to do, Mike. No, that's exactly what's going on. You got a bunch of people not doing what they're supposed to do. And it's not just wrestlers, it's fucking everywhere. It's everywhere. And when the wrestlers are in public, and they're going to get food, they're going to get, you know, food from a restaurant, food from, you know, going... Out, just in general, being in an airport, man, that's what these guys and girls do. It's a problem. And when people aren't taking it seriously and doing the common courtesy thing of wearing a mask in public to prevent the spread. If I wear a mask and you don't wear a mask, my mask does very little for me, but my mask does more for you. Okay, that's how this works. So if everybody wears a mask... In turn, in theory, you should be 
lowering everybody's chance of exposure. And look, there's a whole political thing here, man. And I don't know why this has to be political, but it is. You're not a pussy for wearing a mask, okay? You actually seem like a more caring individual. You're not a snowflake or a sheep. Two words I fucking hate if you wear a mask, okay? If you don't wear a mask, I mean, I'm not gonna fucking talk shit to you, but look, like... You, you're just increasing the potential of keeping this thing going. That's all I'm going to say, okay? And I understand wearing a mask sucks. It's annoying as shit. But until we actually get somewhere better with this thing, because we're going, we're going the wrong way, folks, fucking just be safe. I, I don't know why safety precautions are such a bad thing. But it's the world we live in, Mike. I don't have anything else to say. I'm spent. I don't really have anything either. <laughs> um, that was well I, 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 I just don't need to add anything. Yeah. To that. Well, I mean, if that wraps it up for you, it wraps it up for me. Don't forget, subscribe to the show. Uh, you automatically get to download. You won't have to question where it is. Um, and go give our friend Daniel a listen. We might have some more shows we're going to be promoting here soon. Um, trying to like build off of each other, man. I think it's important. Podcasters stick together, build your audiences. So I'll say it as I say it every week. It has been real. It has been fun. We will catch you next time. You guys are beautiful. We love you. Have a great week. New episodes of Drive By drop every Saturday on iTunes, Spotify, and the iHeartRadio app. Subscribe and make sure you never miss a single one. And keep the conversation going on Facebook at Drive By Pod. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. This has been a presentation of the Near Fall Network.